join the Arts Master and make things together. Welcome to our brand new podcast, where we'll be introducing some incredible tutors in a wide variety of arts and crafts. I'm your host, Sam Tanous, and I'm the organiser of Arts Master. I'm also an artist and a tutor in fibre art techniques, so I'm doubly excited to be recording these interviews. All our guests on this podcast will be part of the new Arts Master School of Arts and Crafts that opens in October this year. We're hosting our first long weekend of workshops, as well as a maker's market in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales. Our workshops offer in-depth tuition over a whole day or two or three days, depending on your choice. Most classes offer a comprehensive kit of materials and you will take home some amazing handmade items. Enrolments for all of our workshops are now open online at artsmuster.com.au. Today we talk to my friend and fellow artist Claire Brack. Claire has pursued an art practice around paper that is truly beautiful not only making her own papers, but also printing on them and binding them into works of art. I wish I could take Claire's workshop too. There really is so much to learn and experience at Arts Muster this October. Claire, hello. I'm so thrilled that you're part of our very first Arts Muster. Well, I'm really delighted to be a part of it it's such an exciting new venture and I'm looking forward to three days of having fun and creativity yeah it's going to be fantastic isn't it now your it art is. practice has centered around paper for quite a while now because I know that you've done other um, other things in your art practice like embroidery and whatever but tell me what's so attractive to you about paper the material of paper well, I started off and with textiles and I taught creative textures and textiles for about 10 years. And within that, I started doing some printmaking and patterning and mark making on fabrics, then moved to paper because it's just such a, a lovely, smooth transition from lots of layering and making big bulky things and fabric and stitching and everything to moving to what I feel is a more subtle and uh, flat and beautiful feel of of the the different papers the colors and you can still add stitching paint add layers of paper and add all sorts of different things so I suppose what I've done is moved from something that I knew very well for very, very many years, which was fabrics and stitching, into something that was much more exciting and different and new and innovative for me. And I did that about five years ago. And from there, I found that printing on paper was a real love of my life. And then I moved into making paper. And from that, I thought, well, what am I going to do with all of this? And it was a natural progression to start putting things into book form and, and working in that particular way to keep my, I suppose, both samples and good works together in one place. Mm. It's, um, and this is what you'll be teaching at Arts Muster is making artists' books. And I think for those listeners who may not be familiar with what that is, can you give us a quick description of what an artist's book is? Well, I can. It's actually not a formalised bookmaking course in that 
I'm not teaching people to be master bookbinders. What we're going to do is look at putting things together and create fun outcomes whereby we group things together and we do both stitching and gluing and uh, we make soft covers and hard covers. People can incorporate their own bits and pieces. So perhaps somebody may have, I don't know, a whole lot of stuff from their holiday that they want to make into a reminder of that wonderful time they had on their holiday. Somebody may have um, a whole lot of old uh, maps. They may be interested in that then, and they would like to make books out of that. So we're going to be looking not only at creating uh, an actual book and the form of the book, but how to personalize it, make it unique and collage things together. Um, collage is a thing that people are very often afraid of, I find. So I'm going to be giving some very good collaging tips so that people can really make their, their books personal to themselves. One of my friends uh, who's a paper artist says, just throw them on the table and see where they land. And often that gives her <laughs> inspiration of how to put things together. I love that an artist book doesn't have to start with blank pages, uh, but that you can draw on materials that come together to tell a narrative. So what are the kinds of tips that you give your students into to building that story for themselves? Well, I think it is very much about thinking about what interests you. Some people come with a very definite idea to my classes. Um, for instance, I know somebody who was very interested in topography and town planning. And she always came with lots of pictures of towns and roads and aerial views of things and wanted to build a book around that, whereby she actually had a journey through the book of traveling from town to town, places that she'd actually never been but really wished to go. So it was an extremely interesting exercise where she had maps, she added her own drawings and her own bits and pieces. So it really is very personal to people. Some people just like to come along and think, well, I'm more interested in the cover and the binding. I would like quite a bit of plain paper in because I am a sketcher. So therefore, I'll bring work or pieces <coughs> along that I can actually add to the cover and maybe the inside front pages, but uh, that will work with my theme of, of drawing and sketching. So it is very personal to people what they actually want to produce. And that's what I love about it, that they're all so completely different. Yeah, one of the things that makes me nervous about collage is the different weights of materials that I might be wanting to combine together. And and I wonder if that's something that students need to think about when they're putting their, their papers together to make a book. Is there... Um... Well, yes, you're absolutely right. That's very important. What we're going to be doing is uh, putting very lightweight fabrics together. Oh, sorry, papers together. Uh, but people can bring fabrics if they'd like to. If they want to bring organza or very, very fine silks or something along as well to collage, that's absolutely fine. There's no hard and fast rule. But you are right. When we're collaging things, it is important to have very lightweight bits and pieces. So I've got a whole selection of things like washi paper, different tissue papers, uh, very, very thin Japanese uh, printing and sketching and calligraphy papers that can all be torn up and collaged or put as they are. Because we have to remember that when we're making books, 
we're making sometimes fairly soft covers, but sometimes we're actually covering a light board to make a hard cover. And you need to be able to get your collages around edges and around corners. So that is something definitely to, to keep in mind that whatever you want to collage onto the front of your book needs to be lightweight. And I am actually going to be supplying a whole lot of stuff to help people. It's very easy for people to listen to instructions, not quite understand them, bring the wrong stuff uh, or, and think, well, this is too, too weighty, too thick. But I will have an, a huge array of things for people to, to take and play with. That's really good to know because I know that some people will be travelling in from uh, from quite a way away and mm. um, I know myself whenever I attend a workshop I always overpack um, but <laughs> sometimes too. that's, yeah, it's hard if you're travelling from a long way away so it's good to know mm. that you'll have a lot of materials there for, for people to play with. Um, mm. And particularly if people haven't done it before, it's it's something that you think, well, should I take that or not? So you tend to take what you think is going to be the right thing. You turn up at the workshop and you think, oh, my goodness, I've got the wrong thing. But in this particular class, nothing is the wrong thing. If it can't be used on the cover, it can be used in the inside. And as I say, there'll be stacks of stuff for people to to pick from and use. So this is good for beginners then? Yes. You don't need yes, any experience? No, no experience whatsoever. And I do know, having taught classes before, that the word collage is always daunting to people. Um, how do I put these together? How do I know what's going to work? Should I be putting uh, magazine pages in? Should I be putting this? I've never done it. Am I going to make a mess? But this particular workshop, we're going to be doing exercises in our collage that we're going to then um, share with the rest of the class. So there's no angst anywhere. What everybody does is personal to them. And then we will be splitting works up, sharing things that we've done, and then actually putting them onto our books. So it's going to be a really fantastic, both personal, individual and collective experience. I, that's one of the things that I love about attending workshops as a student um, and also teaching them as well. I learn a lot from the students when I teach a workshop is that everybody has the same brief, but they come up with a completely different item from <laughs> the next person. It's very they inspirational, do. isn't it? It's very inspirational. And the best thing of all being the tutor is you, you think you're teaching one thing and then the student looks at what you've taught them and takes it and completely changes it into their own way. And you, as a tutor, you look at that and you think, wow, that is just great. And everybody just, I suppose they interpret what you say in their own personal way and come out with a everybody a complete unique result I love it really really love it it's so exciting at the end of a workshop to see books or prints or or textile art whatever it is you're teaching to see how everybody has interpreted personally yes that's really quite quite interesting isn't it which reminds mm. me of something if if someone is thinking about bringing photographs or, or personal images like that um, is there something they can do to prepare those that they're better suited for such a, a book that you'll be making because I, I think um, photograph prints are quite stiff and glossy aren't they 
they are, and they would be something that could be used inside the book. Um, what's very nice is to have a, um, a personalized book cover, and then you open the book, and on the inside flyer, you have some introductory uh, bits and pieces that can be uh, stiffer things that would be essentially adhered to that inside, such as photos, or if you're doing a travel journal, it might be train tickets that you've saved or, uh, you know, things like that that would be a little bit stiffer. Um, and also, it is very, um, that there's a wide range of papers you can use to put inside your book. You may choose to put in, use maps as pages, or you may choose to use plain paper and actually adhere some of your things onto them. So there's scope to use thicker pieces, there's scope to use cutout pieces, there's scope to use odd shapes. Uh, so we really can add a lot to the inside of the book. I was recently introduced to woven books and uh, because I've, I've printed and dyed and um, manipulated a lot of paper in my day, but I have only recently been introduced to book binding and I've, and I put, I've put feathers in between the weaves of the pages. Mm. So, That's you know, I suppose even ephemera like that can be included in an in a unusual way. Yes, it can. And even um, I, I'm going to actually bring some small beads because even in our spines, when on the outside of the book, small things like beads or wire coils or very small bits and pieces, uh, tubular uh, beads such as um, uh, what do you call those? Uh, bugle beads, nice bugle beads and things can be actually threaded on and then put down the, the, the book spine. And also inside, you can put things between the pages. So it's quite a bit of fun. You can, you can make lots of fun things, even cutting out little bits of paper and using them to go around the holes on the book with, that you're actually stitching through, make nice little focal points. So there's lots and lots of scope. Uh, brads and, uh, you know, those kinds of little things uh, like that, rivets and things can be put in. Any of those little steampunk bits and pieces, they're all fun things to add to, to your book. As long as you've got the right glue, I suppose, or you can stitch them on. Well, either, yeah, and I'm going to bring a whole array of threads. So there'll be a lot of different colored choices for people to stitch their books. And so they'll be able to match them or contrast the colors of the threads with what they're doing. And uh, as well, the glue, we're, we're pretty much using PVA for most stuff and rice glue because rice glue is a very nice glue for bookbinding. It doesn't bleed through when you're doing lighter weight things such as tissue papers and so on. So it's, a, it's um, an easier glue to both spread and use and gives less chance of a bleed through. Yes, I made my own rice glue recently and um, <laughs> put With the box of cloves. Yes, put drops of cloves in to make it um, not go mouldy and, uh, and I made some um, book cloth out of some linen that I had hand dyed. Um, so yeah, it's, the scope is outrageous, isn't it? It's, there's it's no limit huge. to what you can do. It's huge and it's, it's not like making a plain 
notebook. What we're doing is we're making something that people can fill with whatever they want. So it can be plain inside. It can be full of all sorts of bits and pieces. Your pages can be different sizes. You can have cutouts on the pages. You can do whatever you want. And I suppose the only thing that is going to be sort of set in stone in the class is I'm going to teach people how to construct and create the actual finished form, but how they choose to decorate it and form their patterns is going to be the really main part of the class and the fun part of the class. And then they'll sit and, uh, yeah, we'll sit a bit quietly for a few minutes while we learn how to do the stitching in the right order. So, so we do some lovely both woven um, binding and also some stab binding. So we're going to look at a few different ways of stitching. So the only thing that, uh, that it takes more concentration and that we will all be doing together as a group will be actually the stitching. Yes, and that's, I guess, that's very important in terms mm. of having a book that functions in a way that you can open it and see what's inside. Well, that's right. Yeah, there's no point in doing all the work on all these beautiful pages inside and doing your your covers and finding out afterwards that, you know, you, you haven't made your two covers the right size and so they don't stitch together properly or you don't understand how long to make your thread so that you're going to be able to stitch the entire thing without making a join or you don't know how to keep the tension in your thread. So these are all the technical things that we will go through because you want to have, you want to come out with the best solution having done all the work and the personalized part of the actual creation of the object itself. Mm. And, uh, and then when you've completed your book, what do you do with it then? How do you display it or well, how do you store your books? Well, it's very, um, it, it, there's a lot of different ways. It depends what you want to do. I mean, myself personally, I, I'm a printmaker um, a lot of my time these days. So I tend to keep my books with themes of prints in them. And it's a way for me to store my books. So they become almost an archive for each theme that I'm working on in my in my print journey and I then also display my books and send them off to exhibitions and what have you but they can be used as um, decorations in your home I mean I have a very nice uh, stand that goes on the wall that you can put books on and have them open at different pages for instance but uh, it may be that you do them as a gift for somebody uh, or, or you know, it's very much personal to what people want to do, but we will be uh, varnishing the fronts of our covers of our books to give them some longevity because rough handling of collage surface, surfaces can be, um, you know, it can wear them a little bit. So we are going to be varnishing and, and so that we, we get some durability in these books. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm. Well, I really can't wait to see what people make. It's uh it's as I said, it's a, it's a new uh, creative endeavor for me, and I'm finding it quite addictive. So I can't <laughs> wait to be coming around to visit your class and see what the students are are coming up with. It's going to be incredibly exciting. It is, and it's been lovely to talk to you this morning. And I think for me, the most exciting thing is to have people come into a class who have no preconceptions of what they're going to do. I have no idea what they're going to end up with from their own personal stash of goods 
or shared equipment. And then for them to start off, learn their bits and pieces. And at the end of the workshop, to look at these people and you always see this, wow, I did that in their face. It's really, really rewarding as a tutor. Yeah, it sure is, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Claire. I can't wait to see you in October. I look forward to it. Thanks for spending time with us today. To find out about our range of arts and crafts workshops being offered at Arts Mustard 2019, please visit our website at artsmuster.com.au. This year's classes will be held on October 5, 6 and 7 from 9.30am until 4pm. This year we're offering ceramics, screen printing, bookbinding, felting, art quilts, plant dyeing, hand embroidery, whittling, sustainable fashion and small 3D collage. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe now. We look forward to seeing you at Arts Muster.